All of our episodes are very much research-based, and this one is no different. I don't know if you pray for your marriage or about your marriage, but we want to encourage you to start doing so today. Prayer that requests positive outcomes for your spouse and your marriage really compels you to affirm the core values that support your long-term investment in that very important relationship. It brings you back to things like love, compassion, and understanding. And we'll also see that prayer can improve your cardiovascular efficiency. Prayer for your marriage. Let's dive into this and see what we can learn. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have a fascinating episode for you this week. This is episode number 250. And today we're going to be talking about how prayer impacts marriage. Hey there, before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed how spiritual leaders such as pastors and clergy are vulnerable to infidelity and pornography. It's worth going back and checking out. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. And let's talk about our marriage cruise. Mm-hmm. Full details before you jump in are at christianmarriagecruise.com. Uh, yes. christianmarriagecruise.com. You can see the full itinerary there. You can uh, hear a little bit about, well, you can see a video from last year. Mm-hmm. You can see what the sessions are about. You mm-hmm. can see what the stops are. You mm-hmm. can see what the group pricing is. Mm-hmm. But get in touch with me because right now we are able to wait, beat that. Able to beat that. Not so much the inside state rooms. We can beat it a little bit in the inside state rooms, but the concierge class is like way cheaper. What's that mean? For people that don't know what a concierge class is. Oh, it's like a veranda room. So you have your own veranda room, but then you have extra concierge class stuff, which is like a lunch in the day you arrive. And then, you know, when the whole ship is waiting to get off, you have your own lounge to wait in. You get... um, Sounds special. Not dainties. What's the word for savory? Uh, Appetizers. Appies. Like you get those delivered every afternoon. Oh my. Yeah. It's just a whole level of service up and above a regular veranda room. Wow. Very cool. Anyways... I was supposed to be talking today about St. Thomas. Last week, we talked about Puerto Rico. So St. Thomas... Is one of the stops. Is one of the stops. Charlotte Amelie St. Thomas. So it... Who is she? No, it's the capital. (laughs) Okay. Of St. Thomas. And it's attracted pirates and sailors for centuries. So it has this fascinating fusion of cultural... So it's like parody people and nice people? Well, in the past. In the past, Yes. Okay. So now it's all just nice people. Oh, good. All yes. right. But there's many different cultural influences. So there's like all the curries or roti or fresh seafood or oh. like just all different varieties of food. And you can, you know, so. go for a picnic on Megan's Bay Beach or snorkel in the turquoise Caribbean Sea. Mm. But save time and money for shopping. Why? As the streets of St. Thomas are lined with shops where you can get your duty-free trinkets and bargains on almost anything you're looking for. Wow. So that is St. Thomas. So this day, we're docked from 8 to 5, but you have to be in, back on the ship by 4.30, I believe. Okay. And so we're going to push you to get back on the ship at like 4.20, and then our session starts at 4.30 that day. 
Okay. So your excursions will definitely be over. You'll be back on the ship. You'll get a session in. We'll get a session in, and then your supper evening time. Off is... to an amazing supper. Yes. Sweet. So that is St. Thomas. Sounds like a tasty place to visit. Yeah. I just kind of hear the food stuff. Yes. All right. We'd love to have you aboard our marriage cruise. So please join us for that this coming February, 2020. Yeah. And as always, if you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice. And most of all, we offer hope. Let's get into the topic of prayer and marriage. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I noticed early on when I started my master's in marriage and family therapy is that there's a reasonably large body of research, maybe largest, it just reasonably medium doesn't sound right. But yeah, <laughs> a reasonable was, body. Yes. Around the, well, then that sounds like it's reasonable versus unreasonable. Which oh, is my dear. Okay. So a medium amount of research. A good amount. A good amount. A good amount of research on the topic of prayer. And that totally surprised me. I thought research communities would kind of write that off as, you know, that's religion. We don't research that stuff and really kind of stick with secular issues. But there's some good information to learn here. Okay. And I'm going to start on the cardiovascular side that I mentioned uh, in the intro. So researchers have noted that marital conflict or strain is linked to poorer cardiovascular health. I mean, that could be like stress in general. Yes. But... This is specific to marriage. Yeah, conflict okay. is stressful. Stress is hard on your heart. Okay. They noted a thickening in the left ventricle, which is one of the large chambers of the heart, and that thickening is associated with decreased heart function and other heart-related problems. Mm. So not a good consequence. Nope. A second study actually just published this year looked at daily partner-focused petitionary prayer. That's quite the alliteration. Praying for your spouse, I think, is what that means. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to examine the impact on relationship communication and quality, as well as what they call novel indices of cardiovascular functioning. Mm -hmm. In other words, how it impacts your heart. They had a sample of 90 adults. They compared it to control groups over a four-week period. Now, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to pretend to be. I know we have some physicians who listen in, so I'll give you a little bit of the jargon here. The study looked at aortic hemodynamics, which I understand is how blood flows through the thoracic aorta. Really? I can just barely say that. And there's more medical detail in the study, which I'll have to pass on. But the point is that the study pointed out that for those in the prayer groups, they had significant improvements in coronary perfusion, decreased Mm. left ventricular work, and increased coronary blood flow. I love the uh, knowing. (laughs) The coronary perfusion. That's great. There's such an improvement. Yeah, much better than the control groups, actually. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think the bottom line is that the prayer helped reduce the strain or the impact of daily stress on their heart, and it improved the efficiency of the heart just by praying. Yeah, yeah. Like you can understand how it would make you more relaxed, but to actually improve the working of your heart. Yes. Okay. So what is your partner petitionary prayer daily? Focused. Focused. Well, this kind of prayer is, it just simply refers to speaking to God in your own language rather than using a memorized or ritualistic kind of prayer. Okay. Uh, and it's partner-focused. It's about your spouse. It's often used in response to stressful experiences as a way of enlisting God's help. Right? Okay. So it's just, this is kind of what most people do when they're praying about the challenges that they're facing and asking for support, especially now with regards to their marriage. That's where this specific kind of issue is. Okay. Okay. What the prayer cut can cover, like what you might pray about, is about your own well-being and the well-being of your spouse. Oh, I see. Okay. So it's praying for the benefit of your marriage. I'll stop jumping in. Go. Well, how does this, how does prayer help? Like, how does it actually do anything? Well, sometimes it's difficult to note the links, but there's some interesting stuff to unpack because one of the things that they've noted is that this kind of prayer has links to relational satisfaction and it has links to the level of commitment that you have in the marriage. Okay. So a couple of researchers in 2014 looked at prayer that focused specifically on the well-being of your spouse. 
And granted, they used undergrad students in romantic relationships because um, that's oh. an easy population to get access to. Yeah. But they found that the prayer was related to commitment later on. So they thought that this benefit to commitment likely came through enhanced relationship satisfaction. So you pray about your spouse, or in this case, the undergrad guy is praying about his girlfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and the prayer resulted in greater satisfaction, and the greater satisfaction resulted in deeper commitment with hmm. your spouse. Okay. There was a second study that looked at 205 married African-American couples, and they found that both spouses' prayer improved or Im- positively impacted commitment and relationship quality. So it does definitely have a positive impact. It looks like prayer first increases satisfaction again in this study. It increases the satisfaction for the relationship, and then that increases your commitment to it. Hmm. Okay. Another experiment in 2012 found that individuals assigned to prayer to pray for their spouse or uh, for a close friend, that they were more satisfied with sacrifice in that relationship. They're more willing to, more satisfied being able to sacrifice something for that for them. person okay. that they appreciated. Yep. Even in comparison to a group who were instructed to engage daily and positive thought about their spouse. Really? Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Like the prayer worked better than just having positive thoughts. Huh. So again, prayer works, right? Yeah. And in this regard, then, we created uh, some very helpful additional material to go with this episode. And the exercise that goes with this one is a structured prayer review of your marriage. Basically, it helps you to prayerfully review and evaluate your contribution to the bond that exists between you and your spouse. I hope I'm not making that sound too dry, but it just really, you're praying about your role in the relationship and what you're adding that's good or might not be helpful. Okay. And it's quite challenging, uh, but a useful exercise. You can get this by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. And we'll take a 60-second break here to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about how prayer helps marriage. And another, let's look at a couple more ways, okay? One is that it promotes or it motivates kindness. And I find this really interesting. It's a reminder that a good part of the reason why we need to pray is because the impact that prayer has on us. Right. Okay. And this came out in a study from 1990 where they looked at how prayer motivates people. And specifically, they noted that prayer impacts our intentions and our willingness to engage in certain kinds of behaviors that influence relationship functioning. So, for example, praying for your spouse primes you to think about your spouse in more loving or compassionate terms. Hmm. And that's likely to translate into you showing greater respect and sensitivity to your spouse. Mm-hmm. What do you... Uh, well, I'm just imagining, you know, if someone was upset with their spouse. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't be really calm, laudatory prayer. So, how would it make you... How would that motivate kindness? Or Okay. 
So let me keep going because I think that'll get answered. Oh, okay. But first, just go to in your mind to what happens during an argument. When things are fine, we all feel like we're on the same page and we have the same goals in life. Mm -hmm. So researchers call that we have cooperative goals. Okay. Right. But as soon as we start to get into conflict and get upset with each other, those, you know, ideal kind of warm, fuzzy goals that we had, we're all on the same page. They tend to fade or disappear and you get these new goals popping up, which are adversarial and quite often selfish. Okay. In other words, I just want to beat you in this argument. I want to win the argument. Uh-huh. Where was I? So these goals are quite selfish in 24. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's about me getting my way and it's no longer about our common goals. This is how conflict is going. Okay. So in that context, it, prayer can be used as, for example, like a timeout. Or even if you don't take a timeout, it, you're kind of self-soothing yourself with prayer during it. Like just asking for wisdom, help me to be calm and listen, that kind of thing. And by calming yourself through prayer, prayer those cooperative goals can then start to reemerge and they can replace or overtake the revenge-oriented or the competition-oriented motives. For example, I want to get you back or I want to win this argument. Hmm. That, that can come out during conflict. And there's some empirical evidence that suggests that prayer invokes an experience of relationship with God. So when you're praying to God, the sense of awakening or being in that relationship diffuses hostile emotions it decreases your emotional reactivity, so you don't get as fired up about stuff. It calms you, basically. It increases empathy between spouses. It increases the focus on changing yourself instead of your spouse. And it encourages you towards reconciliation and problem solving. Hmm. All of which are very conducive to healthy conflict resolution. Yeah. So it really can motivate you to, to, to have a kinder stance towards your spouse during conflict. Hmm. What are you smiling at? Thinking of trying it? <laughs> <laughs> But I just like, okay, if perhaps sometime I was in conflict with you. So tomorrow, yeah, go on. <laughs> I like, I, I might not be, you know, calmly praying through the Beatitudes or something like that. Like, I'm not asking you to pray through the Beatitudes. Well, I know, but that's just an example. Because if I'm already riled up, mm -hmm. I might just tell God all about it. Well, you know, maybe this is a growth area for you. <laughs> But like prayer can take provide a timeout or a way to self-soothe. I just, I yeah, I need to try this more apparently. Yeah, praying to calm yourself down. You've done that. Yeah, if something upsets me, but not when I'm mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm even saying this. But oh, it's well, it's good to be honest. I'm starting to feel really glad that we covered this topic. Next time you'll be yelling at, well, you don't yell at me, but we'll be in conflict, quotes. Uh -huh. And I'd be like, let me play this episode in the background <laughs> while we continue this subject. He'll just be like, shall we pray? <laughs> Do you want to take five minutes to pray before you think about your next line? <laughs> but yeah, Anyways, no, it's good. But that's good. I'm sure I'll be much more kind. I mean, not that I'm not kind, but. Well, let's just say that prayer works. You know, whether Verlinda works is, <laughs> you know. That's a separate research study. So here's Okay, so what else does prayer do? Well, it promotes forgiveness for Linda, hmm. which is also very helpful. <laughs> Even like in the Lord's Prayer, you have the petition for forgiveness, right? Forgive us as we forgive mm -hmm. those who trespass against us. Mm -hmm. So forgive me as I forgive my husband who is trespassing against me. But for forgiveness example, is so much easier than kindness. Okay. Maybe. For some people. So this Anyways, conscious... Yes thought helps to regulate or reset this. Okay, this is a little too technical. I was going to say this conscious thought helps regulate or reset this control process in marriage. Anyways, really? forgiveness in marriage helps things heal and be recovered and the couple to move on. That's yes. a control process, right? Okay. The conscious awareness of that forgiveness, of the need to request it, of to be thinking about it, mm -hmm. can be prompted by prayer. Okay. 
which can make you more likely to be considerate or thinking about forgiving. Because we sometimes for- we forget. Yes, absolutely. But when we think about forgiveness as we pray, it prompts us to do a better job of forgiving our spouse in day-to-day living for the mm. things that go wrong. And that, in turn, helps us to find ways out of negative interaction cycles because we can turn to something that is productive and healing, like forgiveness, instead of continuing just to be motivated by fear or frustration or anger or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it also pulls us away from ruminating about stuff. That and, and when we get pulled away from ruminating about stuff, it just puts us in a better position to find helpful ways to sort through challenges together. Well, I very much agree with that endpoint. So that's good. I was... Not that <laughs> it matters, but... Yeah. But it does. It focuses your mind away from just the churning yes. and going through all the what ifs and yeah and he said and what I should have said and and oh I should have said that yes because that would have been so good yeah so prayer prayer really helps to promote forgiveness as well so I think a lot of this like while it's good to pray for your spouse when you're not in conflict I think a lot of what we're seeing is that it helps a lot specifically around conflict yeah so maybe I mean back to your earlier point. Maybe that's a good kind of lesson is that, you know, sometimes it's in the times where we're not thinking about praying that we really need to that be doing our praying. That we should be. Oh, uh-huh. I.e. in conflict. Huh. Yeah. That's good. So we want to thank those of you who became patrons between this recording and our previous one. We have Mohit and Howard and Sean. And to each one of our loyal patrons, we just want to say thank you for making this podcast possible. Next week, Caleb, yep. we have the start of something big. Epic. Yeah. Every once in a while, we do more sort of epic topics. And next week, we're starting a series on attachment, which does not sound epic if you're not familiar with the term, but if you are familiar with the term, you'll be like, ooh. Ooh. But if you want to geek out on the psychology of why you love others, mainly your spouse, the way you do, you're really going to love this series. And it gets into the whole, how you are raised as a child impacts how you are loving your spouse today. Mm -hmm. So we're going to figure out some junk and some good stuff. (laughs) All right. Sounds exciting. That is all for today's episode, though. You can get the full show notes at oif.link slash 250. Find out how you can help marriages, go to oif.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oif.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.